0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's teaching, remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance in part one of his teaching in Revelation 13, The Mark of the
1: Beast. all probably heard the idea of the antichrist and the mark of the beast if you've watched any christian movies or read the left behind series or watched some movies back in the day with the antichrist lying in the hospital bed with a fatal wound and all of a sudden (laughs) he returns to life that's always my sound for a lot of different things i don't even know why but anyway and uh we've gotten some ideas in our heads about, you know, what this should look like. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard uh, people who are sharing stories about microchips and, uh, you know, things that they could put under your skin. They, I think they started with pets, some company, maybe even out of San Diego. And then the idea was that, uh, you know, perhaps uh, there will be a microchip and the microchip will be the mark of the beast. And that would be interesting if you had to buy or sell with a microchip on your forehead because they'd have to scan your forehead and that'd be kind of interesting. But anyway, but we know it's no laughing matter. We know that the Bible paints a picture of a dark time for humanity. And the question is, what is this all about? How do we make sense of this, this beast? And there's actually two beasts in Revelation 13 How do we make sense of this mark that is talked about? What is it? Uh, What should we be looking for? How should we understand such things? I will say this to you at the outset, that we have to keep in mind that the book of Revelation is an apocalyptic book. And much of what is communicated is communicated in symbolism. It doesn't mean that parts of the book are not literal, but Part of the interpretive challenge for the book is to try to understand what is literal and what is figurative, what is literal and what is symbolic. Apocalyptic literature, by nature, in the genre of the writings, uses kind of extreme signals to communicate truths. And that's a little bit of what we'll wrestle with tonight as we look at this message called The Mark of the Beast. Who is the beast? What is his mark? In Matthew 24, Jesus said these words. This is familiar to many of you. He said, uh, there, will be a great, there will be a great tribulation such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now or nor ever shall. And unless those days had been cut short, no life would, would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days shall be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, don't believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. That's Matthew 24, 21 through 24. Um, Imagine false signs and wonders that, if possible, it could even mislead the elect, the chosen of God. Um, If you look at Revelation 12 for a second and see the way we ended The dragon in 1217 of Revelation was enraged with the woman, the woman we've identified as the nation of Israel, and went off to make make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. We see the dragon who is identified in this chapter as Satan going off to make war with the rest of the offspring of the woman who is Israel, and the rest of her offspring is most likely Gentile believers who have been grafted in and are part of the covenant people, if you will. That's what leads into chapter 13 as we look at how the devil is going to attempt to dominate the world. It could be a picture of uh, all of history, or at least the history of the church. It also, uh, many believe, reflects an end-time scenario where the devil is... um, roaring like a lion and, and persecuting the church. There have been three beasts that we've identified so far. The first beast has been out of the bottomless pit, that's Satan. The second beast will come out of the sea of humanity. He's been identified as, as Antichrist, we'll see that in a moment. The third beast comes out of the earth and is identified as the false prophet. So let's look at Revelation 13.1 with that setting up uh, our teaching tonight. It says, and he, that's the dragon from the end of chapter 12, who was enraged. And he, the dragon, stood on the sand of the seashore. And I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns, representative of kings or kingdoms, and seven heads, I believe representative of kingdoms or nations. And on his horns were ten diadems. And on his heads were blasphemous names. Now, this beast that comes up, uh, the dragon stands, and it's almost like he's beckoning up this beast. And this beast has been identified as the Antichrist. However, you do need to know that the, the word Antichrist is not used anywhere in the Bible, except in 1 John. But we do have the idea of the beast. We have a man of lawlessness in 2 Thessalonians 2. And so their scholars and commentators believe that we're dealing with the same individual, or at least this individual that represents something or perhaps even a kingdom or a nation. But the dragon stands and it's like he beckons up his first tool for taking out his wrath on the rest of the woman's offspring. His tool will be this beast. And this beast is weird-looking. It comes up out of the sea. Some would say the Sea of Humanity. Some believe this represents the Mediterranean. We'll talk about that in a second. The beast has ten horns and seven heads. Now, we looked at the dragon in the last chapter and talked about the frightening imagery that's, you know, painted there. And now we have this weird-looking beast horns and and multiple heads, ten and seven. But notice there are diadems or crowns on his heads and there are blasphemous names. Um, The word for beast here denotes a wild beast, a vicious beast, a killing animal is the idea. Something that is vicious, something that is bloodthirsty. And there are many who see that the dragon Satan is calling up his seed his Antichrist, by which he can do his shenanigans. And one thing that you need to know about the enemy from the beginning is he always is parroting the work of God. He counterfeits the work of God. He masquerades as an angel of light, 2 Corinthians 11. He will uh, dupe many people with false words, false promises. This has been his work from the beginning, questioning the word of God. Did God really say this? Did God really say that? John eight forty four. Jesus says he was a murderer from the beginning. He is a liar. He does not abode in the truth. When he speaks, he speaks nothing but lies because he's a liar. John eight forty four. 44, and he is the father of lies. The enemy is in the deceiving business. And one of the things that we're going to see tonight is that when the beast comes and the false prophet comes, they're going to come in ways that can be appealing to people uh, to bring maybe power and even peace to individual lives. But ultimately, this beast is blasphemous. Notice there are blasphemous names that are connected to him. If you think of blasphemy, blasphemy is one of the things that we are warned over and over in the Bible not to do, or not to blaspheme the name of God. In one sense, blasphemy means to vilify God. It means to demote God. It means not to treat his name with holiness. And so, this character, this beast, is blasphemous. We get a little bit more descriptions of uh, here in verse 2 about the beast. The beast which I saw was like, when you see the word like, it's a simile. So, it's something that John is using to describe characteristics of this beast. Uh, He was like a leopard. A leopard is fast. His feet were like those of a bear. His mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon, that is Satan, gave him his power, number one, his throne, number two, and great authority, number three. So you might say, well, okay, this beast has a lot of, elements to it It seems rather strange if john was an artist how would he draw this beast well we get some clues from daniel 7 about what this is all about so that's why i asked you to hold a place in daniel chapter 7 let's go there daniel is kind of the old testament book of revelation lots of prophecies about the end times and you're going to see similarities in daniel 7 we're going to pick it up in verse 2 daniel said daniel 7 verse 2 i was looking in my vision by night And behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. Many believe that's the Mediterranean right there. And four beasts were coming up from the sea different from one another. Daniel 7 verse 4. The first was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle. I kept looking until its wings were plucked, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. A human mind also was given to it. The lion, if you've ever studied this before, is a symbol of Babylon. And behold, another beast, verse 5, a second one resembling a bear. And it was raised up on one side, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth. And thus they said to it, Arise, devour much meat. The bear symbolized here is the Medo-Persian Empire. After this, I kept looking, verse 6, and behold, another one, like a leopard, a symbol of the Grecian Empire with great swiftness, Alexander the Great conquered the known world. I think he uh, laid in his bed at the age of something like 28, or I think it was something like 28, and cried that there were no more nations to conquer. With great rapidness, he dominated the known world. Like a leopard, notice, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads. His kingdom was ultimately divided into four parts under four generals, and dominion was given to it. And after this, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrifying and extremely strong. Many would associate this beast with Rome. It had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the Seven Sealed Scroll, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, the Mark of the Beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk & True store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: After this, I kept looking, verse six, and behold, another one, like a leopard, a symbol of the Grecian empire with great swiftness, Alexander the Great conquered the known world. I think he uh, laid in his bed at the age of something like 28, or I think it was something like 28, and cried that there were no more nations to conquer. With great rapidness, he dominated the known world. Like a leopard, notice, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads. His kingdom was ultimately divided into four parts under four generals, and dominion was given to it. And after this, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrifying and extremely strong. Many would associate this beast with Rome. It had large iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down the remainder with its feet. And it was different from all the beasts that were before it. And it had how many? Ten horns. You just might write in your Bible, same as Revelation 13. While I was contemplating the horns, and you can imagine Daniel had to do a lot of contemplation, behold, another horn, a little one came up among them, and three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it. And behold, the horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth uttering great boasts. Now you can see kingdoms that historically were involved in the nation of Israel. You have Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar, The Medo-Persian Empire, the famous ruler there is Cyrus. You have the Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great. And you have the Roman Empire that dominated the world and was dominant during the time of Jesus and during the time of John. Several emperors were leaders of that nation, kind of figureheads of the nation, if you will. And one of the most famous ones was literally called the Beast. His name was Nero, Caesar Nero committed suicide in 68 AD and actually was known as the beast for many terrible things that he did, including things he did to Christians. And by the way, he murdered his own mother. He was a terrible man doing terrible things, and he was known as the beast. There are commentators that date the book of Revelation before the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD and believe that the beast in Revelation is Nero, And in fact, there's a process where you take the Hebrew, uh, and I think Latin and Greek work this way as well, and each alphabet, each letter of the alphabet, has a numeric equivalent or a number equivalent. If you take the name Caesar Nero in Hebrew, it equals 666. And so there are people who believe that Nero is the beast of Revelation but that would require that the book of Revelation was written before 70 AD. I don't think it was, but here's what we can say. We can say Nero in some ways typifies this last day's ruler who will be a dreadful ruler, a vicious ruler, and so he would have these characteristics. If you look at Daniel 7, skipping down to verse 17, these great beasts, which are four in number, are four kings who will rise from the earth. And then if you go down to verse 24, as for the 10 horns out of this kingdom, 10 kings will arise and another will rise after them. After, and he will be different from the uh, previous ones and will subdue three kings. This is some confusing language, but there'll be more to come in Revelation 17. He will speak out against the most high and will wear down the saints of the highest one. And he will intend to make alterations in times and in law. And they will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Everybody remember that what that is? Three and a half years, right? But the court will sit for judgment and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated, and destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. Praise God. Amen. You're part of that kingdom, so that's good news. So you might be asking, well, the connection, if you go back to Revelation 13, between Daniel 7 and Revelation 13, is what, Pastor Michael? Well, I think John's pen has indicated that we need to look at Daniel 7 to get an idea of what may be the picture being painted. And it's probably something like this. The beast of Revelation 13 is a composite of these world-dominant empires from the time of, really, Daniel to the time of Jesus. Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. Rome was the dominant Empire at the time of Jesus and the time of of John. And the beast of Revelation 13 seems to be a composite of all these world empires. Some people, in fact, believe that Revelation 13's beast is not a literal person, but a political entity or a kingdom. But remember that these kingdoms of the ancient world, like Babylon and Medo-Persia and Greece, had a figurehead. They had a Caesar or a leader or a king that was ultimately behind their power. And so a lot of different interpretations here, but typological precursors is the technical term that you could see from Daniel 7 to this person. In Daniel 10, uh, we won't go there for the sake of time tonight, we do see that demonic powers are often behind worldly kingdoms. For example, in Daniel 10, 13, an angel says to Daniel, the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me. So we do know that we have strongholds or dark powers uh, that are influencing government. In fact, there were people who watched Adolf Hitler give speeches and believed that he was demonically possessed. And he was able to hold crowds and that kind of thing and influence a whole nation. And then it did, did come out that he was dabbling with the occult or maybe full-fledged into the occult. So the devil does use world powers to persecute the woman. Egypt, Babylon, Medo-Persia, just think of it. Herod the Great, killing the babies in uh, Bethlehem, and on through the ages. So we cannot separate the demonic powers or influences from what happens in the world and in government. And so he says, I saw in Revelation thirteen three one of his heads... As if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. Now, this fatal wound that was uh, a mortal wound and was healed and brought amazement has brought some of the caricatures that you've seen in some of the movies and books that this Antichrist and There's some that refer here, and you can just write this down for your consideration to Zechariah eleven seventeen and believe that there's some sort of assassination attempt on this world leader of the future. In fact, when JFK was killed, there were uh, prophecy buffs at the time saying JFK was the Antichrist, and he was going to return from the dead, that he had a mortal wound, and he was going to rise from the dead again. He was going to be healed of it. And there's been all these different speculations on assassination attempts and comebacks from them. In fact, there are some people that have intimated that they think that Adolf Hitler will return in some fashion and uh, lead a, a revived German empire. And you've heard about revived Roman empires and maybe Caesar Nero will come back from the dead. These are all the speculations. Or there's others that say, this is a future world leader. And he is literally assassinated. He gets a fatal wound and dies and rises again. Remember I told you that the devil is a master parator of the work of God. What do you think he might be trying to counterfeit? The dying Messiah and the rising Messiah.
0: You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part one of his teaching in Revelation chapter 13 about the mark of the beast. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment, but I'd like to remind you that Walk in Truth is a program supported by our faithful listeners and church members, but we could use your help too. A monthly pledge of at least $5 goes a long way to make sure we can pay for everything that goes into producing this program. We appreciate everyone that supports Walk in Truth, and we hope you become a partner too. As a thank you, we will send you a gift for becoming a $5 monthly partner. To give online, Visit walkintruth.com and click the donate button at the top. That's walkintruth.com. If you would like to mail in your donation, please make your check or money order out to Walk in Truth. Our mailing address is Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Thank you for your partnership in this mission to reach out with God's Word. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: I'm sure you've been watching the batch of political debates going on, shots being fired. You know, a lot of the, uh, we have to just say the talking heads giving the solutions. But the question is, where is our country really? You know, I look at the United States of America today with a large amount of concern about where we're headed. And what we really need is we need to come back to God. We, we need a spiritual revival in this country. And let's not forget that it's happened before in tumultuous, confusing times, and it can happen again. Let's be praying that it would happen again and that it would start with us. Hey, I'd like to invite you out to tomorrow night's worship service at 7 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship as we continue to look at the problem of evil and the power of the gospel in the incredible book of Job. Hard questions are asked in the book of Job, difficulty, people trying to figure out what's going on, Job's so-called comforters. In the end, God was doing something in the heavenlies, something that we can profit from as we... Uh, Look at Job's life and his response to suffering. If you want to come on out for that midweek service, the Church's Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the address is 1009, that's 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona. We'd love to have you get into your Bible, come out to a midweek service, meet some new folks. If you're anywhere near Corona, come on out. You can find out information, direction, service times, other things that we're doing at Living Truth by downloading the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Remember to look for that red logo with the pillars.
0: Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation 13 about the mark of the beast. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. In addition to our faithful listeners and financial partners, this program is made possible by our staff. Executive Administrative Pastor Mike Rizzi, Audio and Video Technician Nathan Lance, Program Director, Rob Newton. Graphic Arts Director, Brenda Lance. Walk in Truth Store Admin, Marie Bondi. Financial Admin, Claudia Rizzi. And Senior Pastor, Michael Lance. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.